Welcome to the Unpublished Podcast. My name is Amy. I'm James. And today we're going to talk about how we can respect the ebbs and flows of our creative um, energy whilst simultaneously engaging in a consistent practice. Yeah. Sorry, your mic is just like pointing towards your forehead rather than your mouth, which I just had to correct it and I didn't even manage to do it. That's not my forehead. Like that's better for you? Yeah, I love it way more. I just know Paul's going to get angry at us. Are you serious? Paul, no. This is no. I'm not I'm not having it. Oh, well, what was that? No. Nah. No? No. Nah. Okay. All right. Um, do you want to do a little update? Sure. Tell, tell what's up. What's the updates with you? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Why did we not do a podcast last week? Because <laughs> Amy is now, uh, well, you already were an auntie, but you're a double aunt. You're a quadruple I'm a, auntie a now. million billion auntie. And I'm now a double uncle. Yeah. My little baby sister had her little girl, Frankie, and she's extremely cute. Yes, very cute. Um, so that was really nice. Um, but that really wasn't the reason why we didn't do it. James has just been, about? um, I'm sorry. I was happy to do it last week and you were like, you're in a podcast rage at the moment. I just felt like we didn't have, like we technically had half an hour to do a podcast, but it just, I didn't want to cram it in, you know? Interesting. That's fair enough. Like half an hour. Yes. If we did, we rushed everything and you know, this is very ebb and flowy, right? Mm. You know, it's like we could have crammed it in. We've, we've been so consistent with our podcast. We are so good. We're such lovely, good babies. <laughs> and then I just felt like I was getting rushed that week. So I didn't I didn't want to. No, I respect that. I do respect that. Plus, as it says in our bio on the Unpublished Podcast Instagram, it comes out every Monday, but also sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. So And last week it didn't. It did not. So we're back again. I'm trying to think what other updates we've had. We've kicked off the pre-tour tour. So... Um, as most of you know, we're going to Europe to do a tour of the creatives who are over there. And I get to go and work with creatives who are in Europe and the UK over the summer. Um, but we're doing a little pre-tour in Sydney. And I had my first session yesterday with the incredible Carista. And that was just so beautiful. Um, she came to my house and we just sat on the couch and talked about all the incredible things that she's creating. It was really, really beautiful. Um, I've been also a little bit of a bitch and I've been kind of depresso the last week. Not related at all to Carista in any way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was this was happening pre pre Krista. If yeah. anything, you felt better. After I did. Krista I did. I felt a lot better. Um, I wouldn't say you've been a bitch. I think that's very harsh on yourself. I think you're just in a little. Some old patterns are just yeah, up, which is I think normal and it's very normal. Yeah, to be expected and. It was just, it kind of took me by surprise. I was feeling really good. And then all of a sudden I just found myself in these very cyclical patterns that I thought I'd moved far away from. And and I think this is just a part of the healing process, right? I was very depressed, which is not something that I really experienced anymore. I felt very low. I was crying again. Mm. How weird was that? It was weird. It was Um, weird. Yeah, I've just, I used to be in such a consistent pattern of constantly crying and I did so much work and I really moved away from that. Not that I have anything against crying. I love crying. Um, But it was interesting to just watch me move back into that space of lots of tears again and and really struggling to to just find some happy hormones. Both of our our energy has been a little bit off in the last couple of weeks, I think. And I wonder if it's that we've been a little bit out of routine. And yeah. we've had a lot of social things on. We've we had a lot of disruptors to our regular day to day. I feel like we have barely had a whole day at home for yeah. three, two, three weeks. And that is really hard as a creative, as someone who sets their own schedule. It's like yeah. suddenly you're trying to, what usually, usually we have these full, not full, sorry, um, empty, abundant days where we can kind of 
do as do what we, we wish. as we wish yeah. and as we and you know work to the schedule we need to but we've had to like jam some things in mm-hmm. lately um which is you know part of the decision for me vetoing the podcast last week yeah um because we just i don't want a life where i cram things in and that's what it's been for the last three or four weeks yeah I don't, yeah. know why. I don't know why. It's just been a bit of a season, right? Yeah, Ugh. and these seasons come and go. Mm. This is a good seg- segue into what we're about to talk about. Mm. Um, just for context, I am reading, and James read, has already read this book, um, Bullshit Jobs by David Graeber. And he talks a lot about how um, what our natural pattern of work is as human beings and how the research that has been done and obviously we're still early stages of this research and it's like, you still really don't know a lot about it, but it lo- it does look like humans prefer to work in big bursts and then with lots of rest. Mm. And this is obviously just not reflected in our work culture today. It's not reflected in capitalist culture and industrialist work hours. Like we just, we don't see any kind of cultural structures that support um, big bursts and then rest. Well, I think even more than that. Um, and so Graeber's next book he released just before he, he very tragically died very suddenly of a mysterious illness mm. a couple of years ago, um, right before he finished his magnum opus that he'd been working on with another writer for um, who, whose name I can't remember, unfortunately, right now. But they wrote a book together called The Dawn of Everything, and it came out posthumously for Graeber um, maybe six months to a year ago. And it is really just a massive history of work. Mm. Um, And the really interesting thing is, Amy, that, yes, that's definitely, they definitely find that the burst model is very popular amongst societies. But Mm. the other thing is that the way we we organize around work and and economies historically over the last 10,000 years or so is just, there's no two societies that we're alike, you know? And and we currently treat it like a monoculture. I think we talked about this last week, you know? We, we feel like there's one way to work where really there's no ways to work or there's infinity ways to work. Mm. Um, and this seems to hold out in the anthropological evidence that the nine to five is really just completely essentially alien to ma- the majority of human history. And I think maybe what he's referencing in the book, it's been five or six years since I read it, is the, um, the old farming model of working. Like for most of European history, there was like the seasonal yeah like yeah. you know people were 99 percent of people were farmers and they worked seasonally yeah and they worked uh, yeah. they had a lot of festivals they had a lot of downtime from the festivals mm. um they had intense you know harvest was intense sowing season was intense but then other you know winter was almost devoid of work yeah uh, completely and you know there were something like a hundred festival days in the roman calendar for example which yeah. were all days off and you know it was very ebbs and flows I think um, a lot of what he was talking about was quite anecdotal as well. He he had he done a lot of like just research and talked to a lot of people in jobs yes. and looked at how people like to work and and noticed that a lot of people naturally fell into a rhythm. Mm. And I noticed this as well, speaking to creatives and and you might resonate with this too. But again, if you don't resonate, you know, good. Like this, we are all so unique. But a lot of creatives I speak to do tend to have this pattern of huge creative bursts and then um, like complete like desert dry periods of no creation um and yeah i just kind of wanted to dive into that today yeah do you feel like that reflects um yourself i actually don't i think that's interesting Mm. do you feel like it reflects you i so something that's interesting is i definitely feel like i have seasons where i'm very ideaty where Mm -hmm. i come up with big ideas and a lot of ideas very quickly and then like my day-to-day creat- creativity is almost just the interim. It's almost interim. Yeah, interesting. It's like the 
ebb almost it's i really you know you just take very small steps towards your goal yeah so you have like a big ideating time and then the the lull is like the creation or yeah. like the process and i even feel like you know i have that the, i have the maintenance mode which is very low intensity mm. um half an hour to an hour every morning and yeah. then sometimes like i have a hu- i have a few days of big inspiration where i might write two thousand words a day suddenly or something mm. crazy and then it usually exhausts me i think mm. as i've talked about many times in the podcast and i'm wrecked for the next three four weeks mm. and i think i've tra- almost trained myself to not allow myself to go down those roads yeah but maybe i should look into writing them more i don't know like this is just i I think like today we're not coming to you with like a specific way of doing anything i just wanted to have a conversation about this and i wanted to look at how for those creatives that do have this really big like and feel and a lot of creatives feel very committed to their work pattern of i have huge creative output and then very little energy and i need to rest like can that be blended with consistency because i speak to a lot of creatives who are like no i work in bursts and i'm like cool i respect that but the lack of consistency means that they feel very disconnected from projects. They get very alienated from the work that they're doing because they're having these very large gaps in between. And I just wanted to know and wanted to discuss with you, James, like how can we blend consistency into this um, burst and rest pattern of work? Well, I think that's something that's interesting is when you say that you don't work like that, I actually think you do. Mm. And it's around what is our money-making project of the season Mm. so it's like oh we have our european tour the planning for that was a really intense two weeks Mm. and now we're not really doing anything until we go away and then it's going to be an intense six weeks yeah no i agree we're not really going to do anything after that for a while like it's and project to project it's like yeah you have a book coming you know when maud comes out at the end of the year it's going to be a really intense two three weeks of work for us yeah but in the lead up to that, we're, we'll have just kept doing our little plugging away consistent stuff. Yeah. And then you probably won't do anything in January. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It just, it, I guess like we've made it so that consistency is threaded through these big ebbs and flows. And because it's project based, I guess. Um, the pro- Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And it's like our maintenance, our baseline isn't, our consistency isn't, isn't actually, a, isn't, it's not it's basically nothing yeah we're basically doing nothing because it takes such a low amount of mental effort because we've trained ourselves to the point now where we can 30 minutes of writing a day is like that doesn't take any energy out of me yeah but the periods where we you know you have to do four hours of writing yeah they that takes a lot of energy out yeah yeah um and you do naturally build up to those and then rest from them mm-hmm yeah super interesting and i was just thinking about the way that you work james as well like in like kind of a micro way you also do burst and rest so like Mm. during the day like you when you work you will work and do like literally everything within you know a certain amount of time and then you're like i'm out yeah like like, on a day-to-day basis you actually do have a burst and then a rest and yeah and i think you do that too as well yeah yeah i was thinking about the other day where you um absolutely everyone who emailed us about the european tour you were like bam, I'm doing all these emails, you mm. know, like 20 emails in an hour. Mm. And then you were like, peace. I don't think you said, a, you basically were glazed, your eyes were glazed over for the yeah, next yeah. six hours. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And this and this has been really hard for me to learn because I was so obsessed with this idea of just like constantly working from like, again, and it's, I hate talking about it because it's so freaking stupid. But like the nine to five, like I just wanted to constantly seem busy, constantly working, but it's so useless. <laughs> and it's so obviously doesn't just not how we, well, not how I meant to work. It could be how you're meant to work, but you're a very special, precious soul if it is. And yeah. I'm very 
Like, wow. Yeah. And I like this. It's sort of a sequel to our last our last podcast's po- podcast discussion. So if you are enjoying this and you haven't listened to last week, you definitely should. Last week was really important. Um, but and I was really, I've been really noticing last, last in the week. last week or so, and I touched on this as well last, last week, um, but just this idea that everyone always thinks I'm like on holiday. <laughs> everyone always thinks I have nothing to do because they're like, hey, James, do you want to, um, you know, come do this activity at 3 p.m.? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Because I know I can... Get, I can burst. I can do a burst of work yeah. beforehand and yeah. get to where I need to be and then go. Yeah. Like, I know I don't have to be on the clock from three to five. But then there's that, that shame of, like, then because I'm consistently saying yes to these things at weird hours, people go, James will say yes to anything at any time. He mustn't ever do anything. And then they think there's some kind of, like, laziness stigma around me. Yeah. Like there's always a joke around it, isn't there? Yeah. Everyone definitely thinks I'm the laziest person they know. It's, but which is just wild. Because but- they don't see me... Like, I'm not, like, I'm blocking out seven, you know, seven in the morning till six o'clock at night every day. I'm like, no, I'll just, I'll do it. Yeah. And because I think you trust your ability to burst. I've always gotten the work I need to get done. I've never yeah. not gotten my work done. Yeah. Sure. Sometimes my, an email will be a couple of days later or something, but you know, nothing is ever. You've never made an emergency. I don't think I've ever made an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so something that's very different between us is that James will say yes to basically any activity that anyone ever asks him to do. And Much he'll just rearrange like, his work around it, it. It's a problem because I feel like I often I feel out of control with it. Also, like, why are so many people asking you to do activities? I'm really popular. It's actually so weird. Like, why do you do so many activities? I, I can't help it. Like, if if something seems fun in my brain, I'm like, I have to go and do it. Even though I know, then like as it approaches, I'm like, oh my God, I'm actually quite, I'm too tired or too stressed for this. But then my brain goes, but it'll be fun. And you do like it. Yeah. Do you think it, I feel like you always, okay, I've got a few things to say. First of all, I think that the fact that you always say yes to the things that you want to do is actually a revolutionary act. And I aspire to be like you because I would say no, not necessarily because I have anything to do, but because I think I should look like I'm working and I'm still in that pattern and I'm still working at breaking that pattern. Mm. Um, I also find it that I'm in a story that says, no, I need to be, I, I can't do that. It's too much because I just need to be in control. And if I do that, it will make me less in control of work. Yes. It's not very well explained, but like doing a lot of extra stuff like that can make me feel like I'm not in control. Yeah. I would, I mean, I would much rather all these things happen in routine. And it annoys me that they don't. Like, I'd much rather have a consistent time every week where I do absolutely everything. Yeah. But, and the fact that I'm responding to people, no one else seems to be as consistent. I think the thing is, the problem is, the problem is, I'm sorry, that sounds very, maybe not problem, but the reality is that a lot of my friends work nine to five. And so they're like, oh, I suddenly, I, for some reason, have an afternoon off on a, on a th- Friday this week. So do you want to, you know, go play golf? And I'll be like, Oh, I wasn't expecting that, but okay, it's my only chance. I'd much rather it be every single week at three o'clock we play golf. That would be much easier for my brain yeah. to organize around. And I would prefer it so much more. But this seems like a tangent. Are we, what are we still talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Because I feel maybe we're talking about golf. And I'm also, worried about that too. Um, you know, when I say activities, I'm literally talking about golf. It's just, I'm, yeah. We've got There's a, a new fixation. It's a problem. And it's golf. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. It's just such a stereotypical 29-year-old white guy thing to do. It's like one of the... It, it, probably it and rugby union are the two things I do that are really stereotypical of my demographic. Yeah. And I get a bit embarrassed about that. Cute. 
But anyway. you're a huge fucking nerd. And you're the yeah. sweetest little soul. Mm. So <laughs> it counteracts the obsession with golf part. Okay, thank you. you. Thank you. I Okay, first of all, I just want to make sure, and I was just thinking that this conversation could be taken by, um, in the wrong way in saying that the rest times should be, you could should still be working in your rest times. And obviously, if you are someone who loves to do like really big outputs and then completely go off the grid, do no creating and only nourish yourself, that's really valid. And, you know, again, this is how you work, not how we work. We're just having discussions, a kind of loose unit discussion, to be honest today. I feel like yeah, we're, but I we're th- all over the place. The thing that interests me about this discussion is the, this idea that when we came into this, we thought, oh, no, we don't work in, we don't work in bursts. But then when you really look into it, it's we like do. maybe that is the natural way of thinking. And I think, you know, if you think about most of the people I know from uni, this might not be the case for you. But do we have to, can we just say a blanket, this might not be the case for you for the rest of our podcast? Or oh, my God. It, yeah. It makes me feel so much more comfortable to say it yeah. when it comes up, though. Like, I'd prefer to actually just say it It'll every time. It'll be the name of a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone take that. Yeah. Um, is that if I look at most of the people I knew from uni, most of the people I knew at high, in high school... Even most of my look at most of my friends' work lives, it really is a oh, I have an assignment due. Shit! Like let's put in you know I have other commitments, but I'm just gonna bam put this first for mm. three days mm. or overnight. I'm gonna do an all nighter or something, mm. and um, I just most people that's how they get up for big things, mm. and that's totally okay. And I think even for me at uni, I had a really lovely balance of. Oh, I have an assignment during a week. Okay, I'm gonna start chipping away at it. But then it would still be a big last day push. Yeah, yeah. Same you know, with we, me. we never do we never did that all night as a no. uni, but it was always like, you know, you do up to 10, 11 o'clock at night the night before. Um, and that was normal. Even though we'd been prepared and been consistent before, it just takes that little extra push. Extra push at the end. You know, we've talked about the panic monster before in the past, and mm. you know, how much how long does it take for you to get the for the panic monster to start speaking? And I don't like the panic monster, so I try and do everything I can to avoid the panic me monster. Me too. And I try and like it's almost, I don't drink very much anymore, 99%, because I, I hate being hungover so much. It seems like a huge and random th- tangent. Why was really? that relevant? No, because, sorry, if you just wait, <laughs> it's going to be amazing and blow your mind. For the same reason, I don't let myself, the panic monster come upon me anymore because I hate the feeling of the panic monster so much. So I mitigate it by like, I remember the panic monster and what it feels like to be in the panic monster before the panic monster comes. Mm. And I start chipping away at the prog- the thing really early. Yeah, same. But that. that, I think, you know, especially for new, um, certain neurodivergent people among you, like for, if you have ADHD or something and you have time blindness, for example, that might just not be an option for you. Or yeah. it might be way harder for you. So yeah. maybe the panic monster is just the way you operate. And maybe we need to be okay with that. Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, I mean... I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew more about ADHD so I could speak to this better. Um, and as I, I think, I've, as I've, we've said before, it'd be great to if you have any suggestions for people who you feel like you'd love us to talk to about ADHD because I know a lot of you out there um, have ADHD. Then yeah, let us know. Let us know because we'd love to have that discussion. But I guess just if there's anything you can do to chip away at something, to trick your brain into chipping away at something before mm. you have to do it, if that's some, somehow you can channel your hyperfixation or somehow you can channel your mm. um the way that you fidget or the way that you procrastinate into actually doing something that's tangentially related to something so you're prepared for it then i think just just to push back that punishment panic monster a little bit or, or to appease it a little bit i think is i mean i just hate the panic monster maybe you like the panic monster some people like the yeah panic monster. i mean also it could be about making a relationship with the panic monster that's sustainable and not exhausting for your central nervous system mm. and stuff like that and, you know, and as we've been saying, maybe the panic monster is just like a great human adaptation that 
and maybe you just maybe maybe it's worth just it. leaning into it i yeah. don't know we're all gonna be so different yeah you know we're all gonna be so different this podcast went right. We're all, how many times can we say we're all going to be so different and how many different ways can we say it? Maybe that should be an entire podcast. Just us this thinking might not apply ways. to you. This might not apply to you. Imagine, you if, might imagine if we just started being like, you have to think this way. Lol. This must apply to you. I mean, if, if we ever start saying talking like that, Something's you know happened. that someone's possessed our bodies. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay, do we have anything else to say about this topic? Um, that's a good question. Maybe not. Maybe we could just do some housekeeping. Yeah, okay. Um, which is, I skipped the I skipped the newsletter for a couple of weeks, but I did someone out the other week, and I received some lovely replies from you, um, from all of you about uh, two weeks ago's podcast, which was the one about work culture. And I just want you to know that I'm really enjoying interacting with you there via email. I haven't got around to emailing you all back yet, but hopefully I will by the time this podcast comes out. So this should be irrelevant, hopefully. Um. <laughs> And what else? So you can sign up for you can sign up for the email list. Um, yes, yeah, please sign up to my newsletter. Um, that unpublished. Is what is it? Theunpublishedpodcast.com. dot mm-hmm. um, That is just some more extra thoughts uh, in a, you know, sort of a five hundred plus word uh, email about usually about something I've either been thinking about during the week or about the podcast. Mm. And Amy, you know, it is my newsletter, but Amy always helps me think through it and edits it for me. So lol. <laughs> edits the ideas so um actually you know you've been pretty good with editing the i have syntax and the everything i have i think um i I refuse basically it's so funny i refuse once i've looked over i've looked over it once myself and i give it to you i've just been trusting you with the edits rogue it's so dumb isn't it yeah it's really dumb but i don't know no one said anything no one's been like james it's obviously understandable yes any other housekeeping we have um gonna have an end of financial year sale oh, oh yeah sorry we were briefly talking about that before so that's exciting um so that could be next week amy we? was explaining to me to me then that the end of financial year sales is for you not for us so you can claim more tax back i was always like why would we want to inc- increase our tax burden right before tax time and amy's like well it's not for us james and i'm like oh that teaches me to be selfish yeah you're not being to be so selfish. selfish so it's you can claim stuff so if you are going to buy the We Need Your Art course you um, and you know you're a creator, you can claim tax back on that. Although we're also wondering whether Americans have the same end of financial year as us. But you know whatever. What? We are just, we're done. Yeah. Sorry. Is this getting too rogue for you? <laughs> Should people, we just... people still message me with like um, the rambling numbers. Okay. New ramble score coming out. Give us a ramble score for this episode. Was this even, was this, is it even fun to listen to us just fucking I don't know. Bed? I'm literally sitting here wondering if we actually have a good podcast or not. <laughs> I think maybe we don't. I think maybe we don't. Everyone's just being really nice to us consistently. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, cool. Yeah, you so know, we can't all, they can't all be gems, can they? They cannot all be gems. You know, sometimes you've got to make some shitty art. Exactly. I know a lot of you guys want to start podcasts and I just want this beautiful podcast episode to be an example that you don't have to really be that good. Yeah, you know what's worse is Paul's gonna message you being like, "Oh yeah, you guys were really rambly today." Stupid Paul. Just a reminder: Paul's the guy who does our Spotify and our YouTube edits and does our reels for us. We love you, Paul. Ugh. Don't tell us how rambly we are. Ugh. Or do I don't know. I don't care. Right, Man, we, we have really to gotta sign shut off. up. We okay. have to sign off. Okay, love you guys. Bye. Bye.